A couple of years ago, I went for the first time to the Orange Conference, which is a gathering of about 4,000 evangelical Christians from around the country. We gathered in a sports stadium. I mean, that is how big of a venue you needed to hold all of these people. Now, I grew up a Unitarian in Canada, and there were 4,000 Unitarians in Canada. And so it was hilarious to stand in this arena and say, wow, this is how big my church is in my home country. But let's just say that there's a big difference between the Unitarians of Canada and the Evangelical Christians of primarily the South and in Georgia. They have a very different commitment to fun. It may be surprising. I mean, I had to learn a lot when I was down there. I mean, apparently there are two types of prayer hands when you sit as you're singing and praying. There's the double prayer hands in the air and then the one prayer hand. So I needed to figure out which of those I was. That was a big learning journey. But I also had to learn a little bit about my own suspicions of fun. For one of the nights in the conference, the Thursday night, they, they kind of hyped it up. They, they told, they didn't really tell us what was going to happen. And so, you know, those people who've been around for a few years knew, but those of us newbies didn't. And so when we got there to the arena that evening, we were handed two foam sticks that when you pushed a button on the bottom started to light up with rainbow lights. And so you entered the arena in darkness and all you saw was 4,000 tubes moving around and around. And then the lights came up and the hosts came on and they told us that the entire evening was gonna be devoted to fun. And it was. I mean, they had Christian stand-up comedy which I had never experienced before. Apparently it has a lot to do with jokes about homeschooling, which I think there's an overlap between our churches, maybe preponderance of homeschooling and theirs, but they're probably very different considering the jokes that I heard at that conference. There was also sketch comedy about Enneagrams, hilarious musical numbers from Hamilton about volunteerism. We also played games in this whole arena. I mean, 4,000 of us passed this ball around the arena trying to score points. Another point, we got a slingshot and there was this huge slingshot and you had to like shoot things to hit rubber ducks that the other side was holding up, these giant rubber ducks to win points. I mean, it was incredible. It was hilarious. We left the whole time just like, you know, that stomach hurting laughter. And as I was walking back to our hotel, I just had this question of like, could Unitarian Universalists ever do that? I mean, could we devote an entire evening of a conference? Would we even want to, to just having fun together? I mean, would we think it would be a good use of our time or would it feel kind of frivolous? I'm seeing some of you say, no, it wouldn't be a good use of our time. We have more serious things to do. But I'm gonna invite you to consider this series that maybe it would be a worthy endeavor. One thing I've learned since becoming a parent is that being playful and playfully engaging any situation, especially the ones that are hard, can make everything so much smoother. 
I mean, if you just put on a funny voice or make it a challenge or move in slow motion, even the things that are sometimes difficult can be a little bit easier. In our house, we have a battle every single day about brushing our teeth. I mean, every single day after dinner, we do not want to brush our teeth. And I'm not going to name names, but I'm really good at brushing my teeth in the evening, so it's not me. But we've developed a sort of game. One of us tries to distract the other person, saying, oh, go look, I think there's someone at the door so that the other person can sneak up the stairs and get to the bathroom to win. It's amazing what adding a little bit of fun and competition can do to make something that is sometimes monotonous or stressful a little bit easier, a little bit more playful. And it's exactly what goes on in our brains after all. I mean, when our brain is in a play, play, play place, I mean, it feels safe, right? It's open to trust. It's open to going with the flow. It looks to find the fun, to find the game, to find the adventure in the moment. And if our brain is finding the fun, then it follows with the rest of our experiences. It's amazing what saying, hmm, maybe this serious problem might have a playful solution, what that can do for our relationships with each other. Because sometimes the most direct way through a situation is actually with a funny walk. For play to flourish in our lives, we need two things. We need that felt sense of safety. As Susanna Crossman writes, many thinkers and philosophers who write about play seem to ignore that a leap in the dark requires trust. One must feel secure to play. Without confidence, there is no flow, no dawning. Before practical sessions begin with adults or adolescent groups, she's a play therapist, we write characters on paper boards and invest our invent our play conditions. We debate various ideas, the use of mobile phones, being on time, respect, participation, confidentiality. For when we play with adults, there is a great and justified fear of being infantilized, laughed at, and somehow deceived. For group play to function, everyone must feel safe to play. But it's not just feeling safe that is enough. There's also this second point. We need to freely choose to be in that present moment. I mean, sometimes that present moment is an imaginary kingdom in a different universe, but for play to work, we need to freely choose and say yes to being in it, which is terrifying because you're giving up a little bit of our control and saying yes to an endeavor that we don't know the outcome of. In fact, fun invites this radical experiment with being present where it's not about the future or some distant past where joy or salvation rests, but it is actually in the treasure of the present moment, the treasure that we find in the moment where the good stuff is. Fun invites the present now, our experience with one another to be the locus where we find joy, joy in the moment joy in the relationships we make as we play, the exploration and learning that comes from engaging our curiosity, the writing of new playbooks for living. For play isn't frivolous, and it's not simply useful because what it produces in us, right? Longer lives, better health, improved brain function, smoother relationships, and more joy. It's actually useful in and of itself. For 
Play invites us to practice the world we dream about, where freedom and mutuality and non-coercion define human relationships. It is in play in itself in which we center joy and pleasure into each and every moment, which is the world that we dream about, right? For everyone to experience joy and pleasure in this moment and not have to wait for some other moment in the future or long for it from the past. If in play we get lost from this world and all of its obligations, bondage, limitations, systems of oppression, and enter a flow state of transcendence, we start to taste that beloved community that we talk about. We start to taste what the beloved community feels like, allowing us to know it again when we experience it outside the play state in those moments in which our human relationships are defined by that deepest of agopic love. What is play for each of us will be different. Imaginative or competitive, fast or slow, board games or card games, outdoors or deep in vaults. But what's important is not what it looks like, but what it unlocks in us together. Amen and blessed be.